Okay, how's that? Wow, how did that happen? You just came in and started talking. Didn't even have to invite you. Uh, no, I just uh, chose to come in as a speaker, all uh, presumptuously. So here I am. There we go. How's it going, AJ? Glad to be connected with you. Yeah, great. Uh, sorry about that. I was hoping I could have gotten it working on a desktop so I could use uh, a slightly better microphone than the piece of crap on this phone. But whatever. It, we're here. It's all good. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I've been through that as well. I tried connecting a mic before, but for some reason, Twitter forces us into this. I guess it's just the, the stage of development yet, but pretty sure it will get better in time. Right. Um, do I do I sound acceptable? Yeah, I mean, okay. I can understand you. And I guess instead of the vibe of a podcast, this will be the vibe of people uh, joining a live radio show with calls. Andrew from Holding Buddies just used an emoji react to confirm he hears as well. So people, if you use emoji reacts, I just love them. I can't speak for AJ, but I, I love seeing them every now and then. But yeah, pretty much what I plan to do is get the conversation going for 10, 15 minutes, something like that, AJ, and then open the floor to, to people with their questions so we can have an AMA. I need to start by asking how is life going? What's what's happening in the world of AJ and Carl? Uh, it's going well. Uh, pretty much just wake up, work on card, and then go to bed. That's just sort of how it goes. <laughs> um, so you're still in lockdown mode? Uh, I mean, kind of. I mean, you have to kind of huh. just be more cautious in general. But I mean, it's also a great excuse to work on this thing. And there is a lot of work to be done. So I'm not complaining. I see. That makes sense. That makes sense. I know you've recently announced, I mean, not that recent, I think it's, it's already been a couple of months now that you've accidentally, with, with this whole journey that is just one uh, continuous thread, you've raised some money. Um, do, do you want to just give people a quick, quick, quick rundown on that? Because I guess if they want to hear everything, they can search you up. But just to get people up to speed so that they know what we're talking about. Oh, just the, uh, like for the raise itself? Uh, yeah, or the whole situation. So is it, I'm pretty much asking you to, to give the short, short version of the intro that you've you've written up very nicely in the text AMA, just okay, for people who it. might not know who you are. Sure. Uh, so I'm AJ. I built Card. It started as a side project about six years ago, thereabouts. Uh, I had basically no expectations. It was pretty much just a vanity project. Uh it launched on Product Nudge and it kind of just blew up from there. And I've sort of been dragged along by its momentum ever since. And that has led to a ton of growth, a ton of learning on my part. And then most recently, earlier this year, closing on a small funding round. Uh, not so much for the money, although that's pretty great to have, but mostly because there's just, you know, as someone who, who, didn't set out to do this as a uh i'd say necessarily as a as a like an intentional project it, it, again it was just a vanity project uh you kind of get put in the situation where you're having to kind of learn on your feet and, and it, i think for a lot of people who do set out to be more intentional they perhaps have a bit more of the mindset already in place to handle something that grows like this um i didn't have that and that did put me in a position where I had to scale this thing, uh, not just on the product side or, or the infrastructure side, but also just 
personally scaling to you know meet the challenge of, of running something like this um i didn't have the right connections i just didn't know the right people and so raising kind of gave me instant access to a network of people who did know all these things who did have connections to vendors had connections to other people in the industry who could help guide me along and that is what allowed us to get from a million sites maybe late last year to over three million sites as of right now and uh yeah so that's sort of the you know very very short version of the journey from beginning to end that makes sense i appreciate you going for this because i know it can be sometimes uh tiring to stay the same thing all over again but anyways we got that out of the way so now we can get into the real stuff uh i have some questions myself here that i want to go through simply because and i'll just jump straight into them simply because i know people will have questions so I need to shoot my shit pretty fast. <laughs> my first question after researching you, I know at one point you've migrated cards. So that many websites, I think more than 2 million, you've migrated to AWS. Yeah. I know how <laughs> scary that was. So my question is, what, what was the mo- how, was, how was it like that moment where you said, all right, I think this is now done. Uh, I don't want to speak too soon probably because I know you are so cautious, but it, it's probably done in a good way how did that feel how did you celebrate what did you do after well um i think i just passed out because what happened was like i <laughs> i had to set i was trying i was watching our traffic trying to figure out what is our like whatever the opposite peak time is so like the, the you know the the lull where you know traffic is lowest user access you know just everything is at its lowest point so if i do fuck something up it's like not as bad, but still bad, but less bad. But anyway, um, so I, I figured it was like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. my time. I mean, I'm in the central time zone. So um, I basically mapped out sort of like a schedule of when things needed to happen. And then uh, did that. Everything was going exactly like clockwork as predicted. And then I think once I moved everything over, I noticed I have this internal thing that allows me to kind of validate the uh every every site's uh configuration or, or whatever um and i noticed it was throwing like you know 90 percent of them were turning up errors and i was like oh fuck and so it, and it was already past the point of no return where i'd already moved over all the data and everything else but long story short i um to to evoke uh, uh what i forgot who said this but you know, you'll, you'll encounter uh, known unknowns, and then there are unknown unknowns. And I encountered mm-hmm. unknown unknown, and that basically screwed me at the last minute. And so in a, in a panic, I was like, all right, I got to figure out a solution to this. I, not to get, uh, I won't get too technical, but long story short, I figured it out uh, with some very grotesque looking code, but it works, or worked rather. It, it's since been, you know, everything's fine now. Um, so the migration was supposed to take maybe about an hour and no one should have noticed. And no one did notice, thankfully, other than like the usual DNS weirdness. Uh, but I certainly noticed, you know, all that crap that went on in the back end. But it happened. It worked. And then right after that, I think I just fell asleep in my chair and then that was it. Uh, <laughs> and that was it. And I'm glad it, we ended up moving because there was like we would have. I think I, I may have mentioned this somewhere else, but like we're at this point where we had 
I did the math and we had maybe like 60 days optimistically on our old infrastructure uh, before it would just fall over. And it was mostly in terms of like storage and, and a few other things. So I had no choice. I had to do this. And I honestly, my usage of AWS up until that point was relatively limited. So I had to learn a lot. And thankfully, thanks to, because this was post, post fundraise. So I actually had some decent connections now. And, and I was put in touch with some engineers at AWS who actually walked me through it, explained how a lot of things mm-hmm. worked, gave me some suggestions. And uh, that, you know, that, that helped me go from, you know, effectively like, you know, less than 5% uh, proficiency with AWS to at least like maybe 60, 70%. And that was enough for me to get this new infrastructure planned out the deployment done and you know every, everything put into a place where it was a lot more scalable so uh yeah i guess long story short it was sort of a cluster but it was managed and maintained into a maintainable cluster and it worked out okay in the end that makes sense really glad that worked out fine <laughs> happy to, to 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 hear this roller coaster and i don't know i just imagine because i know it was hard you you talked about this before I just imagined uh, the day and the work they ended, and then you went to celebrate or something. But anyways, I guess that's how life is. Sometimes you just pass out in the chair. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you just pass out in your chair. I think that's that's the that's the takeaway from that's that. The, that that's the philosophic conclusion we can we can take out of this. <laughs> uh, moving on, and I I just want to come in with this question and then open the floor to questions. I, I usually like to have it all. Uh, move it up like a nice conversation but i know people who have tons of questions i mean i'm estimating i should say uh so i'll be switching gears in a quite valid manner what i like about from from all the stuff that i've heard from you on the podcast so far and what i know other people appreciate as well is uh, no better way to to call it than this cliche term of mindset um i appreciate the calmness that comes with your decisions and Obviously, it's not always relatively calm, but in the grand scheme of things, you seem to me, you strike me as a person who's not in a hurry or who's not on a treadmill. Um, are you aware of that? Does it come natural to you? Was it a journey or a process where it used to be different and then you change? How, how does this all feel to you? Well, so go back to a bit uh, what I was saying about how, uh, <clears throat> so I started out unintentionally like this wasn't what i set out to do and while there are a lot of negatives that come with that i think later stage to some extent uh you know like like as i already mentioned like you you you're put in a position sometimes where like things scale to a certain point you're like what the hell happens next like what do we do um but at the same time by not being so fixated on this thing's success or fixated on like building you know a a billion dollar company or next unicorn or any of that type of stuff you can kind of move at your own pace i mean you pretty much went into it with no expectations right and that sort of sets the tone for everything else and i don't know how i mean i mean i was lucky to get put in that position i mean just a little background on that i was basically i had run other projects prior to that i mean as i mentioned in in the intro post thing you know html5 up and everything else that gave me a pretty good start and a little bit of financial security to sort of mess around to that degree and i'm Mm -hmm. very mindful of the fact that not everyone 
you know, it gets, it's fortunate to fall in that position. But if you do, it does allow you to kind of take a few more liberties than you otherwise would. And you can kind of move at your own pace, not be, you know, feel like you have to, you know, get to profitability in a certain time period. Like I, I literally didn't give a shit. I was like, well, what, I just made sure this thing had a way to pay for itself when it launched. And that was basically it. Everything else since then has sort of just naturally organically fallen into place. And I think it just comes from the fact that I'm not having to try as hard on those things. It gives, it gives it time to kind of grow on its own as opposed to me, you know, coming at it from different angles and attacking and trying to make it grow when it's not ready for it. If that makes any sense. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. That makes a ton of sense. So, as a background to this, and I'll just carry on with this. So, uh, I, I need to interrupt myself and say, for anybody who's got a question now, just click the button in the lower left corner, request the mic. I'll add you as a speaker. We'll put you in touch with AJ. We'll hear your question. If, for whatever reason, you're not able to speak at the moment, feel free to DM me. I can be the voice for your question. Uh, so, to, to finish my question, AJ, th- does that come... Do you think it's got anything to do with conditioning, with how you how you grew up, or um, so I understand the background right now. But what about all the years before this that shaped how you thought of in the first place? Uh, it, it might you might not want to speak about your upbringing, but and that's perfectly fine. But I'm curious to drill down a bit deeper, if that's okay. Sure. Um, well, I would say. My, my upbringing was pretty stable. I mean, that, that's the thing. Like I, I, I had it pretty easy. I'll just, I'll sum it up that way. I don't need to go too deep into it, but the, I had it pretty easy. Like there was nothing particularly dramatic or, or strange. It was fairly boring, conventional upbringing. Um, in terms of how, how I got to this point to be able to kind of vibe this way, I suppose. I mean, it is, I think it came from, it was a bit later, I think. Maybe before that, I probably tried a bit. Well, no, not tried. I'd say I probably fixated on maybe the wrong things before on older projects. And I, I think that just came from inexperience. And I think from just doing a lot of smaller projects that failed or didn't do well or, or whatever. At some point when I did have have a bit more financial stability from ones that did work, that allowed... I, I think that those projects started working because I took a different approach. I actually consciously just held back, relaxed, you know, let, let things have a chance to grow before I, you know, get in there and start screwing shit up. Um, And that, that really taught me. So like HTML five up was, was one of those where it was like, I put it out. I had some, hopes for it i hope that you know because i was still learning responsive design at the time and i was like hopeful that maybe if i do it this way if i basically as i'm learning the works that are produced through that learning process i I just put them out for free for other people maybe that will amount to something and it did and that started started getting quite a bit of traffic and and getting me a little bit more of a following and so it kind of reinforced that idea of like okay if i just chill the fuck out stop trying to be so type a about it good things come from that and that led to you know through pixelarity that led to some good financial stability and other things and that allowed me to be in a place where at least i had the right mindset to do something like card which there's a uh i'd 
I'm not going to even attempt to post something here where I might end up fucking up this thing, but there's a, uh, the URL is themakingof.card.co if anyone wants to go check that out. And it's, I wrote it about a year after I launched Card and it was talking about sort of the early days of, of planning this thing out and like what, what that was going to look like. And I go into some of the stuff there. Basically, the, the TLDR version is I was just bored with what I was doing and I figured it'd be fun to try something new. And to be in the position where you can do that is is amazing. Like it gets you, it opens up so many doors because then you're going to try things that you would otherwise be afraid to try because, oh, well, what if it's not profitable or, or this or that? And it ends up being like, I don't know. I, I'm, maybe I'm not articulating articulating this correctly, but it, it puts you in a position where you can really just do what you want to do as opposed to being constrained by all these other things that might not, like, would actually be detrimental to what you're trying to do. And the ironic thing is by not obsessing over those things, those things come naturally, or at least in my case, they did. So card launched, it became profitable from the very first, first day that it went live and it stayed that way. And the growth has come organically. Like I haven't had to advertise or market or anything like that. And I, I understand there's some, there, there are some very unique aspects to card that allow it to do that. But none of this I anticipated. It sort of just happened. And I'm, I don't know, maybe it's, it, it's a bad idea to be telling people to, to, to rely on just like, yeah, just throw your shit out there and just let it happen. Cause I don't think that's always applicable, but I think it is something that people might want to give a try on a low key, in a low key kind of way, just to see if that's something that works for them as opposed to, going hardcore and doing a really like thorough marketing plan and all these types of things. And then basically burying yourself in that before you even write a line of code. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's hopefully that. Yeah. A bit more to your, to your, to your point earlier, I think you're actually doing a great job at articulating it. If not in fact, uh, missing it by, by any, by any means, because it is a tough thing to put your finger on, but I'm getting it. And, I've got uh, Andrew at my buddy, Andrew, Andrew Hodson from Holding Buddies. Uh, he can't speak at all, so I'll just read the DM he sent me for, for in the context of this conversation. I feel like a radio host here getting messages from listeners. I'll just read it out loud. He says, I can understand how he feels. He made an interesting comment about once you get to a certain level, what the hell now? What does he do to gain insight into the next step? Andrew is asking. Sure. Uh, so for me, that was... Uh, do a do a, a funding round, which again that was to speak to the, the a bit more on the you know things that sort of happened naturally. I mean that was we got to the point where we did get investors reaching out to us, and I was sort of for for a number of years actually. But, I mean, and this is not special to Card. I mean, you get to you know a year or so in of running a product or something and it has a little bit of traction, you'll start getting investors basically cold calling you. I'm sure most of your listeners have probably had that happen to them on some level, uh, which I resisted for a while because I was big into just bootstrapping. I didn't think VC was necessarily a good way to go in general. Uh, but late last year, well, actually maybe like this time last year really is when I started really entertaining it as a possibility because that was when I was pushed to the point of, seeing you know projecting into the future seeing the growth and seeing how this thing would grow far beyond what at least at the time i could handle 
And that's when I was asking myself a question like, well, what the hell happens next? And that's when I was like, well, I've been resisting this whole VC thing. Let me at least talk to some people, see what that looks like. And it turns out that a lot of the ideas and notions I had of what VC, what VCs were like, what the process was like, were total misconceptions on my part. I, it's, <laughs> if you get with the right investors, it can actually be an extremely useful relationship to have for everybody. And in our case, what that allowed me to do to get back to the original question was have people effectively in my corner now who I could go to when I would have these questions of, well, what the hell happens next? Whether that's mm -hmm. within the you know infrastructure and scaling or uh, hiring, which is something we'll be getting to probably in the next year, um, or on the business side or on the legal side, you know, now we have people who've done it, you know, either themselves or more likely like with a bunch of other people who've been in my position. So it's not, as they put it to me, a lot of the, a lot of the things that I was kind of panicking about last year were uh, problems that had already been solved by other people for other businesses forever. Right. It's not like right. the, uh, hiring and, and infrastructure and things like those are known problems that have been solved. And, but to me, having had no experience with that prior, they all seem like these insurmountable things. So once I got people in my corner who are like, no, 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 you're actually, you have already solved the hard problem. You've managed to somehow put together a product that people want to use. The rest of this shit that you're, you're freaking out about is you just need to chill out. Like it's okay. And then they'd walk me through like how things need to be. And then that hmm. really, I mean, again, again, it, you don't have to necessarily go the VC route to get that. You can certainly like other, other founders, other people who have been working on products, they can give you that same level of insight. It's just in our case, it, it was, it just felt, <laughs> I guess it was just easier to go the VC route and to get a little bit, you know, and again, it's nice having that additional financial stability of having money in the bank to deal with things that might come up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's basically it. That makes sense. That sounds super uh, calm, I should say. And that's what Andrew commented as well in the DM as a as a reaction. I'm just I'm just being the voice for his uh, for for his thinking. <laughs> so um, th this is. Would you agree, AJ, that this is all just one continuous story? So back from Pixelarity, or uh, I mean, maybe even from your first ever ever project. Would that be correct to assume? Yeah, I mean, I'd say so. Uh, when I when I was trying to figure out what my next project should be, you know, back in 2015, I had a lot of ideas that were all basically crap. And it was because I really, my experience was in web design, you know, I had been designing like templates and themes for years, you know, I had a you know pretty intimate understanding of HTML and CSS and all that. And it you know, as much as I as I wanted to get away from that, because again, one of the you know the the catalysts for for this was being bored with doing all that. As much as I wanted to get away from it, though, it was pretty clear. Like, no, I mean, what else do you know, man? Like, this is this is your yeah. this has been your thing for years. And uh, <laughs> so I was just like, well, shit. Okay, fine. I'll I'll just I'll stay relatively close to home and and do something in the same space because at least then. You know, the, all the knowledge and experience that I'd accumulated up to that point wouldn't have just been pissed away. You know, like I, I wouldn't be starting entirely from scratch. So 
yeah, I'd say Card is very much like a, in retrospect, kind of a natural continuation from everything else I did. And really, and I, I was joking with a friend the other day about this, like when you're using Card, you're basically like using a, a productized version of my skill set. Because a lot of the sure. things that you can do in there, it's basically like, I, I just made like a, if you're familiar with like a, I think it's an artificial intelligence expert system. It's basically that. It's like I've taken all these years of knowledge of doing web design crap and just condensed it down into something people can use on their phone while they're on the crapper or something, right? So it's kind yeah. of amazing to look at it that way. And uh, I'm glad someone brought it up because, yeah, when you, when you think about it in, in terms of that continuation, I think a good piece of advice for anyone is like, you know, don't, if you're looking to do something new, maybe don't just discard everything that you've been doing up to that point. I mean, unless you really hate it, but all your experience, all your knowledge up to the point where you decide you want to do something like this, that's your edge and that's your advantage that other people don't necessarily have. So, you know, don't, don't discount it. So in a metaphorical sense, it's kind of like your invisible hand, your third hand being like a service provider. Like the AJ agency yeah, of web design. It's like the AJ box, I guess. There we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, we, we, we've got... No, we don't have them anymore. We've got somebody with a question who was connected uh, at Adele's Reich, but they keep popping in and out of the speaker role for me. So uh, at Adel's Reich, you can hear us. Feel free to unmute yourself. If not, for anybody else who might have a question, bottom left corner, there's a button that allows you to request the mic, jump in, come with your question. Um, until then, AJ, I'm, I'm curious to know, um, back to the, oh, we've got a request from Ados Reich. So let's see if we can get them in. Hello, hello, can you hear us? You're on mute right now. So if you unmute yourself, we should be able to hear you. Yeah, no, maybe. Oh. <laughs> All right, I don't, I don't know what's happening there, but if if others right manages to connect, we'll be glad to have your question. If not, feel free to DM me. I can be the voice for your question. And in the meantime, I'm just connecting Khaled now with their question. Khaled, as soon as you can hear us, welcome. Says connecting. Oh, speaker. There we go. I think you have to unmute him, or he has to unmute himself. No, Khaled has to unmute. Um, hi, AJ. Hello. Um, hey. Uh, hey. I, I, have, uh, I have a technical question a bit. Um, uh, like I read, I read in your blog that you had, uh, like playing JavaScript, building cart. Uh, right now it's been a few years. So, um, what impact did that have have effect on you? Like after all these years, of, of actually having a, a project, uh, a product in production. Oh, the like the effect it had on on me, like technically. Technically and business-wise, of course. Oh yeah, I mean, I I definitely, if I if I look at you know some of my, you know, Card has a code base now that's like what six years old. So if I go back and look at, you know, those, a lot of the code has like fully turned over since then. But if I go back and look at some of the stuff I wrote back in 2015, I'm like, what the hell was this guy thinking? Like, you know, just it's amazing how the once you get a product in production and once it has momentum and starts dragging you along wherever it's going, how quickly you have to learn on your feet to, you know, to meet that challenge. And uh, you, 
end up growing in a lot of ways that you wouldn't otherwise expect. So from a, from a code standpoint, yeah, like I've, I've gotten way better at, at, at what I do on that front um, to the point where I'm surprised the level of knowledge I had when I started was able to get anything off the ground at all. You know, it's sort of, you know, it's amazing that you, I was able to even do that with what little I knew back then, which I guess is a testament to, you know, just even if you don't know much, just try. I think you can, you can, you can put stuff out. That's great. Um, and on the business side, I mean, that's still, that's still an ongoing process. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not business necessarily business minded or marketing minded. A lot of what I do is, is very just, uh, what's the word, uh, kind of uh, reflexive, I guess that's the word. Like, I don't, I don't really put a lot of thought into marketing or business or, you know, even like people ask me like, well, what, you know, what, what went into, into, uh, you know, the $19 a year, that's a very compelling price. What? research went into uh you know coming up with that price and i'm like i don't know it just felt like the right price to, to throw on this thing i i didn't i don't know and then they're like well <laughs> that that seems a little dumb but at the same time it worked right so uh true it, it's something that i'm still learning though and i'm i don't want to get i don't want to get to the point where i've sort of unlearned the kind of instincts that got me here by getting to you know like like uh like, I don't think I'll be going to business school anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, there, there are definitely more, like, lessons that I can learn about, you know, more fundamental things like, you know, just managing the business side of something like this, which actually I don't really do anymore because my now co-founder, Donnie, basically does all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, but even him running all that, I've absorbed some of the, the, the understanding of how that works. And it's made me, it certainly made me a bit more, uh, I guess sympathetic to other people who've been here and done that. Like it, it's, it's not like you, you get traction and then suddenly like, you know, you, you're off to be like a $10 billion valuation and you know, you're, you know, everything's great. Uh, you're, you have to fight all the way, I think in, in terms of just like, because every day there's a new challenge, you know, it's, whether it's a business challenge, a technical challenge or something like every day, something comes up that just, forces you to learn something new that you didn't know before. Uh, so going way off here, but anyway, um, yeah, it, it, it's made me, I've grown dramatically to the point where I think as someone who builds products and someone who does have a tiny bit of business acumen, like it, and completely different to what I was six years ago. Cool. Uh, Khaled, I hope that answers your question. Thanks yeah. very much for, thanks Thank very much for tuning Thank in. Thank you, AJ. Sure, appreciate it. No, no worries. We've got others right connected. Yeah, I hope um, you can. Hey, how's it going? Hey, everybody. Th uh, thanks, uh, AJ, and uh, for answering our questions. And um, I was interested in uh, learning about how do you find the balance between, like, as a software engineer, um, we tend to, you know, um, overly, um, basically, overthink sometimes and. Um, get sidetracked between, you know, um, developing new features and, um, like, like, basically what I'm trying to ask is, how do you find the balance between um, work, just, you know, um, aggressively working on new features and not getting sidetracked by, let's say, 
uh, fancy new uh, um, abstractions or like software related stuff? Uh, if I'm being honest, I have yet to find that balance. <laughs> um, and by that I mean, like, there's, and I think this is where the, so as a, you know, card, I started, I started out myself building the whole thing, running the whole thing. It wasn't until maybe about a year and a half, two years ago, where Donnie came along to run the day-to-day operations of things. And like, and now we're, you know, and everything was running great. But right now, what I'm feeling is sort of that every day I have to make the determination whether I'm, I'm working on something that's, you know, user facing, you know, like a sexy new feature that's that people are going to use and, and, you know, talk about or some optimization on the back end. And, and you know, just, like you're saying, how do you how do you balance between those types of things? It's like I, I can't it, it, it really it, it's like I end up putting aside things on the back end that I need to, that need to get done in favor of front end things, because personally, I think I tend to lean more front end, uh, but that's not a good way to go. You need people working on the back end. I think where I'm at right now is sort of the point where the solo developer, solopreneur, whatever you want to call it thing starts to break down. Like you can't, it's not a sustainable way to go because if we, you know, we're at 3.3 ish million sites or something, you know, we get to what, six million, 10 million or something, right? These problems are only going to get worse. And I can't be in the same position I am right now where I'm trying, you know, I'm going with, you know, just shooting from the hip and kind of going with front end stuff, ignoring all the stuff on the back end that needs to get done and optimized to, you know, lay the foundation for 10 million sites. Uh, so to answer your question, it's like, I don't, I haven't found that balance. And I don't think I can personally find, at least me, in my case, I don't think I'm capable of balancing those two things in a in a consistent way and so i think that's why probably early next year probably going to hire someone to take over some of the stuff that i tend to gravitate away from so i can focus on the things that i gravitate towards and i hope that makes sense (laughs) yeah thanks just one more sorry um if you had to reflect on like, um, what do you think is like the biggest bang for your buck when you reflect on the first uh, stages where your project was, you know, taking off? Was it more like you, you know, you built many features in a short time, or did you really take your time and, you, you know, um, built really, um, I don't know, like uh, sticking to uh, software engineering principles, or were you just shooting from the hip and like, oh, you know, let's just roll with it and. Uh, push stuff out as quickly as possible. I would say, excuse me. The uh, I think early on, one one thing that really went into card was the idea of just really limiting the scope of the product from the get go. Like, and I, I mentioned this in that making of thing, but um, there's no way I could build something as feature packed as a Squarespace or Wix or whatever on my own. Like that just that, I mean, unless I have like 30 years to work on it, you know, whatever, it wouldn't, wouldn't happen. So I kind of made, you know, that one priority of the project was it has to be very constrained in its scope. And what that allowed me to do was make sure the handful of features I did offer were a, it was a short list. So it wasn't a whole lot of stuff. I mean, like if you, if you go back and look at, I guess, like on the Wayback machine, like early card, 
the features it offered were like super primitive, but that was fine because what it allowed me to do was not compromise on, I guess, engineering quality. Like I could focus on, you know, if I had a, uh, you know, something like a text element, well, I could go all the way on the text element. I didn't have to, you know, I didn't worry about, you know, implementing a hundred different features after this one. I only had like six or seven more. And so I could focus entirely on making the text element the best text element within the context of card and then when i felt like it was done and i was comfortable with it i would move on to the next thing and uh so i would say the probably the biggest bang for my buck maybe not financially but whatever uh was taking the time to work on things and allowing myself to have the time to work on things right so I had again if I had like a hundred or a thousand features to work on yeah I would have to just every day slap crap together ship it move on to the next thing without any reflection on how that necessarily would fit into the the overall project because you wouldn't have the time to do that anyway right you're you're as soon as you get done with feature number one you're thinking of feature number two all the way through you know 999 whatever it's it's you have to slow down. You have to kind of focus on what it is you're working on in front of you. And the way you do that is by just limiting scope. So I would say that was the best decision that I made going into this thing. Cool. Thank you very much for your question. Thanks, AJ. I'm adding now Mustafa. Mustafa, actually, you already added as a speaker. I'll just ask you to unmute yourself. Hello and welcome. Yeah, hello. Uh, thank you for uh, this space. I am a solo founder and uh, working uh, no-code. Uh, what do you think about a uh, no-code ecosystem? I think it's I think it's great. Uh, I think um, <laughs> I actually I card started being used in sort of like a no-code-ish capacity a few years ago, um, and I had no idea what it was at the time. I just noticed people were using it in ways that really that card wasn't originally intended for and instead of like reacting like oh they shouldn't be doing that i thought oh that's really cool like what is this and then uh peter levels actually gave me some suggestions to of certain features i should add we actually discussed a few things and i added them and that really greatly improved cards ability to to no code basically um but as far as like just the space in general like it i think anything that enables people to just kind of if they've got an idea or something and, and just get into it. Like, I think, you know, it's great because I don't think code should be a, like being able to code should be a barrier these days because there are a lot of, a lot of people with great ideas who are maybe not like great coders, but they also don't have the funding or maybe the desire to go into debt, hiring a developer to work with, to do things, especially for like an MVP, right? Where you don't, you know, you don't know if your idea is going to actually go anywhere. I think no code is sort of filling that gap for those people. So they can just, they can take their ideas and they can just, you know, within a day or two using tools, you know, it, cars is, is an okay tool for no code. I don't think it's like the most sophisticated, but you know, things like Webflow or Bubble or all these other great tools, they can take something like that and, and just run with their, <clears throat> at least like a, a primitive version of their idea and then test it with people, you know, just to get a sense of whether it'll work, you know, basically an MVP. And then if it feels like it's it's something that could gain traction or go further, then they can, you know, take those additional steps to hire someone or, or whatever without having, you know, 
so basically they don't have to risk doing all that upfront for an idea that's not going to go anywhere. They can very quickly validate ideas and move on. And I think anything that enables non-coding people to do that is fantastic because they have a, you know, like, as someone who, who grew up coding and everything, like the way I think about things and approach problems is very, it's funny. It's, it, you think about, it, I end up attacking day-to-day problems in a almost programmatic way, which that's not how you solve every problem though. And so I think you need people in the mix who come from different backgrounds, different, you know, different experiences who solve problems in different ways. And no code gives those people, enables those people to do just that. And I think that's an incredibly powerful thing. And I can see why that the no code industry is just growing every single day. So yeah, I, I love no code and I think it's probably the future in many ways. Real quick, AJ, as a follow-up, would you say, so after you found out that CARD is being used by this group of people, this growing wave of no-code, did you change in any way? I mean, you just said you added features, but did you change the, the presentation of CARD in any way? Or was it just, let's add some more, some more things for these people because I know they're using it? Uh, it was the latter. I mean, I, I didn't want to... CARD is... You, is still, you know, to this day, used by a very, very diverse range of people, and I didn't mm-hmm. want to necessarily, you know, turn the product into into something that just targeted one niche. I wanted it to stay general, but at the same time, I I wanted to give people features that, if they were kind of going in a no code direction, they would at least have like that stepping stone that they can start with. And then if, you know, they outgrew card, they could easily go to something else. But, you know, they could at least start with something as simple as card and then move mm-hmm. to something more sophisticated. That makes sense. Cool. Uh, I've got Ben here as a speaker, Ben Stern. Welcome, Ben. Feel free to unmute yourself and let's have a question. Hi, guys. Hi, AJ. Hey. Thank you um, for uh, answering all my support tickets that I've sent in through card. I've always think it's just... <laughs> It's just amazing that you are the person who helps me with those things. Um, my question is, is, uh, is there anything in, that you would have wished you spent more time on earlier on in card? I think I would have spent more time expecting some level of success. And by that, I mean like, Scaling later on is sort of a real pain, right? And while I did make some good decisions early on for scaling, there were some where I didn't, quite honestly. And it it ended up taking a lot of re-engineering to get things to where they did scale. And so, so I guess I don't want to I don't want to tell people like, oh, expect that your product's going to blow up into this massive thing. Like, no, I mean, just kind of develop develop like the the habit of when you're developing things to maybe factor scale in on some level so that you're not screwed over later on if you do get traction because that that could potentially shut you down right if you, you know, there have been a lot of examples of products that just blew up overnight and then they ended up getting crushed by the attention and couldn't sustain themselves and then they actually ended up losing that that amazing moment because they just didn't scale enough so I would say that, that that was the one one of many mistakes I made early on was just not, I guess, not believing in myself or believing in my product to the extent that it, like, that it would grow to the extent that it did. Uh, yeah, that was 
that really sucked. But it it it, it got better. <laughs> I figured it out. It was one of the uh, to go back to someone else's question. Like that was one of those technical things that forced me to grow dramatically. Like in, in terms of learning how to scale. But you guys, it, you you never had an, a hug of death, so to speak. So like a huge huge influx that just crashed the whole website. Did the you, or uh, the closest was well, there there were two incidents. One was when the very large audience of k-pop fans discovered they could publish <laughs> urls using uh using korean characters by using punicode which is like basically it's like a, it's a way to encode uh unicode characters using just like very basic uh alphanumeric characters they discovered they could actually do that and make you know emoji urls and stuff and so there was this massive rush for people to claim urls and i and I just mm. got a notification from my, I have like an automated monitoring thing, I, notification that everything was on fire and I checked it. It's like, because they were all on there, like every few, se- every every second, like try, like publishing sites to claim URLs. And so I had to like shut that, that aspect down to prevent the server from continuing to melt down. So that was one incident. And the second incident, which was much bigger, was... During the protests and everything last year, uh, Kim Kardashian tweeted out uh, uh, the BLM card URL that basically like my hosting situation at the time was decent, but it wasn't like that level. And so it got absolutely slammed. And so I was like, like my, the, the setup I had back then was not great, but it worked. But I had like server load averages shooting off and <clears throat> shooting off into like the thousands at that point so i was desperately like restarting things updating configurations and the worst of it was i was at a friend's house so i was trying to do all of this on my phone using using Jesus. using a ssh so i'm sitting there on this shitty little touch screen on my phone trying to like do you know configuration changes and stuff it was not great but and then we had you know denial of service attacks after that because people were being assholes because they don't like you know what was going on so that, again, that was another growing experience. So that was, I guess, two hugs of death that we experienced. A double one. Yeah. Thanks very much, Ben, for your question. And a very interesting point about the emojis. I just typed in some emojis that card that CEO. So <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, but I did some either. words. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, moving on, we've got the Geish as well with, with their question. Hi, Geish. Welcome. Hey. Hey Daniel, thanks for making this happen. Thanks for coming. What's your question? So hi, hey Jay. Um, my question is around uh, card themes. So you recently you launched themes or the uh, the open source theme uh, the the theming stuff, and I was reading about the seventy percent kickback to contributors and stuff like that. And so my question was more about like why do teams now, and also how do you look at the developer community in terms of contributing to cards growth. So, so you're asking what? <clears throat> why do the like the <clears throat> the uh, seller program thing now? Yeah, like yeah. like that developers can submit and and contribute to uh, to add themes to card and and how do you look at developer community in general in into like how that would contribute <clears throat> to growth? So I'll, I'll answer the second thing first. First the uh, I think it's incredible. Like it, there's nothing more validating than seeing 
other people using the thing you made, not only to help themselves, but to help other people. And that was kind of what spurred me to, to prioritize doing the seller program now. I mean, I, maybe a year ago, maybe a bit longer before then, I think I tweeted out something to the effect of like, oh, well, you know, it would be cool make it to where people can like sell their own templates on card or something, right? Um, but it took a lot of different things to be built to get there. And so that that took a while. But part of what got me to prioritize that and get it out the door now was just seeing the increasing number of people who were treating card less like just a standalone product, but also like an ecosystem, uh, which that took me by surprise because, it, you know, for something that I didn't start out having many expectations for, to see it become a tool that people use to sort of uh, basically make a living is shocking to say the least, like in a good way. Uh, and so now I, I almost feel like there's a responsibility to to continue that, to make sure that the product is still able to deliver on that to people. So if they want to, uh, if they want to sell templates to each other, I know it's actually people are doing that anyway, even before we had the ability for you to make templates, people were just building sites and then making copies of them and then transferring them to other people's accounts when they would purchase them. And I was like, for one thing, like, that's amazing. For another, it's like, that's a shitty way to do it. So I was like, I need to come up with a better <laughs> way to do this so they don't have to go through this whole rigmarole yeah. just to do something. Like this. Yeah, but and so that culminated in, in the seller program that you see today. Yeah. So like I, you, you mentioned a bit, so like the, the, another word maybe for this would be like a marketplace project where people can, you know, submit their teams and other, other people can buy it, right? Like, I, I think it's a it's what you see some other platforms like Ghost or like WordPress or even if you want to throw it out there, like do. But like, was, was the decision also a bit around, you know, like, okay, if there's good developers coming in, contributing their teams, it's less work for us and there's more quality on the platform. Does, did that play at all? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I actually, I think I tweeted something out recently about how like I've been beating at my own products and it, that's a hundred percent true now. Like I see people build things on cars that I'm like, I, I can, I, I will see it and I'm like, how like how did you do that like it doesn't like even mm. even as someone who like you know every feature that they use i built and yet they were able to take what i built and do something with it that i didn't even think was possible and i think acknowledging that you know at some point as a if, if you are truly a platform you need to start acting like a platform and that means basically you enable other people to do those things and then you just kind of get out the way uh so by allowing, like, the seller program, for instance, it's like the first step for a few other things we've got planned. That contributes to that, to that, I guess, vision, right? Where, as you said, like, you have these people, you can bring in people to kind of add more variety to the platform, more capability, and more, more interesting things to it. And that is less work for us because that way we can focus on making the tools for them to use as opposed to us using, making the tools and then trying to use them ourselves. Yeah. And uh, so that, like, the... So like the seller program itself, we actually put together a, a, a Slack, like just a real quick one, just to have uh, some of the people who were beta testing it, chat about it with us, give us feedback and everything. And what happened through that process was some of the features that end, end up in the final thing were entirely based on their feedback. You know, we, 
because and I realized while I was doing that because they're the ones who are going to ultimately be using it. I should be listening to them rather than me just kind of sitting here pontificating, trying to imagine how they'll use it. I could just ask them how they plan to use it and then go from there. And so now that's sort of, and then you end up creating this great feedback loop where you're, you're getting the ideas from them. You create the features, they start using them and they give you even more feedback on it. And then you just keep enhancing it. It, it's a, it's a great position to be in to be able to do this. We know, with that, I'm thankful that we have a user base that's as active as they are because that's how this product keeps growing. Um, and not, not to get too far away from your question, but just to summarize, yes, this this is a fantastic thing that's happened and we're going to do everything we can to keep fostering this. And there's, uh, there is a plan to do like an actual kind of template marketplace where people can actually, not, not just, because right now you basically have a, a buy link that you share if you want to sell a template. Uh, we're going to have an actual central curated marketplace for people to get in and, and, and list their stuff. Uh, it's just that there's some other things that have to be figured out before we do that. Like our template selection screen needs to be overhauled because I think it sucks at this point. So lots of little things have to happen before that can happen, but it is absolutely planned. Super cool. Thanks a lot, AJ. Sure thing. Thanks very much for joining us, Jish. Very, very nice to see you. Um, AJ, I've got a, another message from uh, somebody called Mr. VVT. It's, it's not a question, but I think it would be nice to read it out loud. Uh, it says, hi, thanks for the AMA with AJ. If it's appropriate, please say thanks from all of us who see him and his project as an inspiration. I've been following him from the very beginning, even bought one month of his previous service, Pixelarity. Oh, nice. It helped to start my own career in web development. Just simply watching his project take off, made and maintained by a single person, is uh, inspiring. And that's where the message ends. Uh, I don't know if you want to reply to it, but I thought it would be nice to just read it out loud because it's well, some kind of a love no, of message from people no, following. Well, see, that like that's great. Like, thank you for that. And it, it's one of those things where you don't like I, I don't I, I don't really set out to do to do things to to inspire people. Like, I, I that's not I, I'm doing things really for really my own amusement, quite honestly. But. It's nice knowing that in amusing myself, I'm helping other people <laughs> along. So that, that means I guess I'm doing something kind of right. Yeah. And I guess nobody who, uh, I mean, not I, I can't generalize, but most people who manage to get to a point where they inspire other people, you can't really make that, make a go out of that. Uh, so right. anyways, it's I, I guess it's a nice side effect from, from what you've been doing, the fact that you can inspire others and uh, i mean i count myself as one of these people i'm inspired by you so thank you for keeping on doing what you do uh do we have time for a, an, a last question because i know we're already just exactly at the one hour mark yeah i, I can go however long you guys want to go so i don't care <laughs> oh fantastic yeah let's go for it yeah uh, back to what you were talking about in the beginning uh, about the I'm going to call it leverage. You didn't call it leverage, so excuse me for putting words into your mouth. But to shorten it up, it is some leverage you had from HTML5 up and Pixelarity. The fact that you've already, you weren't in a, in a position where you needed to make a shit ton of money really fast. Uh, that gave you the freedom to go for card, which wasn't meant to be a unicorn or a this and that percentage of growth project. Um, how come... So, you're aware that some people set out to do that. Did you, did you just 
not I, I can't put my question into words too 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 good, but I suppose you just didn't have a goal of making something like that. Many people do. Some people are not self-aware enough to understand that this is not really what they want. What went on for you? Because you were aware of this possible plan, but for some reason you put that aside, which turned out to be really, really well. Does my question make sense? Yeah. Um, so I guess another way of looking at it, sort of like, did, did I consciously make the, the decision to not <laughs> do that? Mm-hmm. Perfectly, perfectly summed up. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, I did, I did because I knew, I knew that's that's the way to go in some cases. Because, but I was also aware of the fact that I, I was also aware of my own situation, which was I, I did need to make a shitload of money all at once, and I mm-hmm. and I understand. I don't want to, I don't want to shit on people who need to do that because there are a lot of people who are in kind of either desperate situations or they're just you know they really need something to be a success. And I'm mindful of the fact that their situation entirely different. They need, you know, for whatever reason, they need that to happen. And so I'm not discounting that as a way to go. But I was also like, I don't need to pursue that if I don't have to. And so in my case, I was like, well, I don't need to make a shitload of money. I'm relatively comfortable just continuing to do client work and, and other things and running HO5 up and all that stuff. And, you know, I can just try this on the side and see what happens. And that, in at least in my case, and at least in cards, you know, what card is in my situation, that worked out, right? But I don't, <clears throat> I don't want to give this impression that that's the way everybody needs to go because your situation is going to be very different. Your, you know, your financial situation, most of all, that's really what played into it, you know. Um, so I think you have you have to at least be honest about <clears throat> what your what your goals are personally like what do you want out of this in my case i just wanted to build something that would put to the like put my my skills and everything else that i'd kind of acquired up to that point put that all to the test because i was you know i, ha- I have a pretty <clears throat> decent computer science background i wasn't putting much of that into use i mean not not like you know, there's only so much computer science that goes into uh building a website template right i mean you can you can get kind of yeah. fancy with it but you can only go so far and so i was like well i want to do something that pushes me a bit harder and let's just see what happens and, and if it didn't go anywhere that's fine at least it would be this cool portfolio piece that i could point potential clients to and say hey well look i built this you know i can build something like that for you right that was basically mm-hmm. the extent of my expectations but that was what it was for me and so i i, I other people, though, your mileage is going to vary greatly. And, and I, but I do want to say that if you do have the opportunity to do what I did, it's worth trying. If you have some idea that you're not 100% sure will take off and you're okay with it at the end of the day just being a vanity project that maybe earns a few dollars on the side, it's, it can be a beneficial experience. That's interesting. And that I, I, I like the fact that, and I, I'm mentioning Gal because... I want to encourage you to keep doing it, but I guess you're going to do it anyway. When you put into perspective like this and you give actionable advice and something that people can chew on, if that makes any sense, like what you want out of it, I think that's what makes your answer great and ultimately useful because it's not too broad, but not too precise either. Um, So yeah, thanks thanks for that. If anybody else has any question feel free to click the, the request button in the lower left corner. We'll add you in as a speaker. Uh, AJ, 
in the meantime, uh, until we get another person, oh, we already got two of them, so I'll just hold off <laughs> my question. I'm, I'm adding Ahmad now. So, Ahmad, as soon as you can join, as soon as you can uh, unmute yourself, welcome. And Alex as well. We'll start with Ahmad and then get Alex. Let's see, Ahmad. Hi, um, thanks for taking my question. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yes, we can. Awesome. Um, I have a quick question. Um, so, Card works on a freemium model, and I was just wondering. Um, how many paid users do you need to get to cover the cost of uh, all of the free users that you get uh, in terms of like server cost? Thanks. Well, let's see. So that's that math has changed over the years. I think at the beginning, what I ended up doing was, let's see, I think my monthly expenses at the beginning were about $200 a month or so. I managed to score a uh, server deal at IBM Cloud that gave me basically like Shit, was it, it was like 20, 20 terabytes of, tran of bandwidth. And I figured at the time, like, my biggest expense for hosting user content that's going to be served on the web would be bandwidth. So I was like, well, now I have something that's a flat rate of 200 a month that gets me um, 20 terabytes of transfer, which is which was more than <clears throat> enough for, for years. Um, I don't remember the exact math, but basically I didn't need many people to make that math work. And now that we, you know... Our, uh, our hosting costs are much more expensive today. Let me just say that. But things have, you know, the, the number of paid users have also scaled dramatically. Now there are other, you know, sources of revenue because of the seller program and other things. Uh, so I, I, I don't have the exact number in front of me, unfortunately, of, of what we need, but we are still quite profitable. Uh, I would just say at the very beginning, though, the profitability was off the scale because, like, I managed to score that deal very early on and that helped dramatically like i think i think things may have actually gone differently had i not secured that that very very cheap server <laughs> that I started out on cool ahmad thank you for your question i hope that that answers the question we've got alex as well so alex welcome oh hi hello uh it's it's, it's a pleasure to uh to to meet you here um hey. Do you have a, I, I guess straight up, are, do you work with a team or are you solo on all this work? Uh, started out solo. And then about a year and a half, two years ago, guy I worked with, Donnie, who I've worked with on a bunch of other projects, I brought him on as co-founder to run day-to-day -day operations, business side, and all that stuff. And that's about it. That's It's just basically the two of us. Where do you see yourselves going in the next five years since it's growing exponentially from uh, your tweets accordingly? Uh, probably end up, I mentioned this earlier, like I'm hitting sort of this point where there are a lot of back-end things and other other internals that need to be worked on, you know, including like tools that, that we can use internally to just run this thing. I keep putting off developing a lot of those because I have to focus on like user-facing product stuff, right? So hiring probably in, in the new year for a developer to do that. Uh, but then, I, I mean, within five years, though, I mean, I, I don't really know what our, our needs will look like in five years. So I don't, I don't want to jump too far ahead. I will say that there's an overriding desire to keep the team as small as possible, but not, but not at the, not at the, uh, not at the cost of, the product itself, right? Like I, I'm, I'm willing to grow the team as large as it needs to be to run this at the level it needs to be, if that makes sense. 
that does indeed. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, and also just like the funding round, for instance, like that, I was reluctant to even go the VC route because I mean, there was almost a, I almost had like a dogmatic reaction against it up until that point. But what really pushed me over the edge to even consider VC was like, if this is this, you know, it, it became necessary to change something to bring in people who had more expertise, but I didn't want to necessarily like blow a bunch of money hiring people. So VC turned out to be one of those options that would work for us. So I had to kind of, I guess what it comes down to is like, what's, what's best for the product, what's best for the users. And that's sort of how things are driven and will hopefully continue to be driven. Does the VC in, uh, does the VC have an overriding say over the product or are you? No, no. And I, I, I'm glad you asked because no, not, not in our case. I mean, that's hmm. so VC, the one of the misconceptions I had sort of came from uh, just from what other people said from watching Silicon Valley, which is a great show, but it was kind of like a parody of what the whole <laughs> situation is. But the, uh, but the kind of this idea that you would bring in, a few investors who would then sort of be up your ass on like product decisions, marketing decisions and things like that. And I know those, those types of VCs do exist, but in my experience, like, so we actually our our funding round was led by rainfall ventures and those guys are amazing. Like they're just so founder friendly. So chill, you know, they're very much of the mindset. Like we like what you're doing. We're just here to help you along the way to whatever extent that you want us to help you. Um, we just want to be part of that journey. And everyone else that we brought on, which we have, we have maybe like a dozen separate investors, they all have that same same vibe. And so you can, you know, you have to kind of pick the kind of, if you decide to go like the VC route at some point, you do have to kind of pick investors who align on that, on like whatever vibe you're going for. Because there are VCs who can be much more involved and I think that's actually a good fit for some people. But for us, with a for a, a business that was already up and running, that was already profitable, that was already doing its thing, we only needed people to come help us kind of manage the momentum as it already existed. But I, I am totally fine with the idea of VCs who can come in and uh, help you if you just have an idea that hasn't actually taken off yet, right? So it they like in our case, so to answer your question, no, they don't have any overriding uh, decision-making capability for products stuff. in fact, they don't even try. They know that, you know, they, the reason why they invested in us to begin with was because they saw what card was and how it was doing, and they just want to be part of it. Uh, so it's been great from that perspective. Uh, again, you, you, there's nothing wrong with, if, if, if you do want an investor who's more involved, there's nothing wrong with that. You can find those types of investors too. I, I guess what I'm saying is VCs are, are much more diverse and, 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 Span span the gamut of uh, of levels of involvement they're willing to to engage in, and it's really on you to just make that determination of who you want to pair up with, and then pair up with them. That that is a uh, that was very interesting to hear. I, I think that's the first time I heard something like that. Um, I have a last question, a little more technical. Uh, I I do like how the your front end code uh, with your framework and. Um, and how you have your HTML organized. I was actually curious to how on your backend framework, um, your backend technology, what language do you, um, do you code in for your server side uh, development? Is it PHP, Perl? What do, we, what do you use? 
So it started out with PHP, started moving more towards JS. And so it's still kind of a mix of those. Um, but it's one of those things where like, I'm not, I'm not really, uh, so I mentioned earlier, so I've got a computer science programming, computer science and programming background. So what that sort of teaches you back when you, when you do it that way <clears throat> is you don't really focus so much on the language or, or even like frameworks or anything that you use. It's really just whatever you need for the task at hand, that's what you use. And so what, back when I started, what I chose made sense. As time goes on, it still actually scales pretty well, but I've been looking at other things to potentially move to. Like if we do like a card 2.0 or something, it would probably be built with different stuff, I think. Um, because, you know, if you're, if you come from like a, a programming background, you will just kind of develop that reflex of solving problems as a computer would. And so the language doesn't really matter. So uh, I guess probably... I mean, I, I like I, ha, I I just love JavaScript. Uh, it, it's like this crazy clusterfuck of a language that lets you do almost anything with it to the point where you can kind of shape it into your own language. And so I think if you look at where Card will be in like a few years, I think the entire thing will probably be built in JavaScript, front end and back end. It's just there's still like legacy PHP crap in there. There's you know a lot of stuff that that has or who has been in the code base since you know 2015. That I think will eventually turn over and, and be replaced with just pure JavaScript using Node or something. That, that's very interesting. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird like a. I don't really I don't really fixate too much. I try not actually. I deliberately try not to talk too much about technology that I use or anything because I don't want people to think that's all you can use to do something. Because I, I really think, you know, just like the no code thing, I really think whatever you know. And whatever you're comfortable using is probably the best tool to use, at least to start with. Now, over time, as your product scales, gets bigger, has different requirements, you can you can gravitate towards something that's more conducive to that. But I wouldn't fixate on that from the get go. I would just like whatever the hell you know to use right now, just use it. You know, if it's if it's JavaScript, it's JavaScript. If it's PHP, it's PHP. If it's Ruby, it's Ruby. You know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just just go. Just 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 fucking go, man. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I really, really love that. Uh, thanks very much, Alex, for your question. And thanks, AJ, for the passion behind the call to action, quite literally call to action, not the usual call to action button. Um, uh, thank you, Alex. We've got Andrew now. and This will be the last question. We'll just wrap up after that. Andrew, can you hear us? If you can, uh, welcome. And let's have your question. Hi. Yeah, I'm excited to be the last question. Um, so I guess um, maybe a little more, uh, or not controversial, but... So, you know, the $19 a year you said was kind of an off-the-cuff uh, decision. And I was just wondering if you thought, you know, maybe you could be making way more money charging, you know, uh, a lot more, right? I mean, you know, maybe charging $120 a year, you could be making four or five times as much money. Right. Um, that's, you know, that's come up quite a bit. Just the, you know, people are like, man, you're, you're priced way too low. But at the same time, it's like, card is not a like super elaborate site builder, right? I like I don't I don't put it on the level of like a webflow or a squarespace or those things where they're just there's a lot that come with those. Card is still, despite the fact that I've added a bunch of features on top of it since then, it's still fundamentally a relatively simple site builder, right? One page, you know, you have a few 
basic elements you can use. And yeah, you can go a little further, but I still feel like the pricing is kind of fair for what it is. And I know we could make making a shitload more, but we also have a lot of users who kind of skew a bit younger who don't necessarily have the money to throw at something like this. And I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to raise the bar so high such that they can't, if they want that pro experience, they can't enjoy it. Right. And at the same time, you know, practically speaking, card is a freemium product. Like we don't have, we don't just have a, a trial for 14 days. And then after that, you either pay or you go away. Like, which is again, nothing wrong with that business model, but being a freemium product does mean we have to be mindful of keeping that bar low enough to where people will actually want to cross it. Right. Uh, Cause if we made it, you know, if, if I, if I made it to where it was, I don't know, like instead of 19 a year, 19 a month, I think our conversion rate would drop pretty significantly because I don't think a card is worth that much. It's, but you know, it's, it's my baby. It's the thing I build, but I'm, you know, obviously mindful of, what it is and B I think it's just, you, you'll, you'll lose all those people who will just, who just want to casually upgrade. And uh, I tweeted out a, a product and I'll, I'll plug her, her thing now. Uh, Co-founder.quest uh, It's made by a girl named Daniel Baskin. And she is a longtime card user. She's known for doing a lot of very interesting internet pranks. Uh, she, she uh, tweeted at me a while ago saying that she's thankful for things like card that price things affordably such that you, you know, if you do want to just use it casually or fun, you know, it's not this massive investment. You can just, you know, 19 a year, a lot of people can afford that. And so people like her could, and as a result, she's able to make these really interesting kind of internet art pieces. And as I said earlier, card has a very diverse user base, not just business oriented people. So I think, Basically, to sum it up, I think the pricing reflects that. It reflects a very diverse range of users and their intended use cases for what card is. And yeah, uh, I guess I'm fine with the pricing so long as it, it allows people like that to continue using it and, and get what they need out of it. As a follow-up to the question on pricing, AJ, if you would start today, I mean, I guess you've kind of already answered this question with your actions, but I'll pose it anyway. If you start restart card today, knowing what you know now, would you stick to the same uh, freemium? I'll incur the cost for a bit, probably until it gets revenue, but it all makes sense in the end. Yeah, I'd say so. Like that, I think that's one of the earlier decisions I made that have been, at least to this point. You know, there could always things could always change, but at least to this point, have bared so much more fruit than I think any other choice would have, especially for, especially for the type of product that I wanted to build. Like I didn't, I don't want to start something that would have passed the MVP phase required, you know, a team of 30 developers to keep going. I wanted something that I could continue to feasibly work on myself going forward. And that's still true today. Granted I am, you know, as I mentioned at that sort of breaking point for based just purely because of scale of, of needing someone to come in and, and do some additional backend stuff that I'm kind of neglecting. Uh, but it's still fundamentally the product that I want, wanted to build back then and, and continue to build now. It's still something I enjoy working on. And it, I guess in some ways it hasn't really changed from being a vanity project in that regard. It's still 
it's still kind of a vanity project to me personally, in a way, like in terms of how I work on it. Uh, but now there's also these other other things that, mo- that, that motivate me and, and drive the product, like making sure it still delivers for people, making sure, you know, oh, now that we have the seller program, making sure that they have the tools they need to build interesting things so they, they can, you know, make a few bucks on the side selling things, you know, that kind of thing. So, but, you know, at the, at the essence of the, the core essence of the product is still the same. And I'm glad that is the case. And I have no intention of changing that. That makes sense. AJ, uh, I'm just asking you if we can squeeze in two quicker questions simply because I haven't monitored my DMs, but then what I said earlier stays true. People did send me two more questions, one from Will and one from Sam. Uh, And I can be the voice for it. Cool. So Will is saying, uh, hey, great listening to you guys. I'm an avid card creator. I just wonder what AJ stands on open source is and are there any plans for card to become available? Uh, I'm guessing to become open source. That's what he means. Uh, probably not. I mean, there's the problem is with a platform like Card, where it hosts a lot of stuff, hosts a lot of kind of shall we say sensitive sites, a lot of like political activism and stuff. I think in this case, open sourcing it, I think would just open it up to potential potential problems, you know. And then there's also, I think. Uh, that might be one area where investors might have some issue because then we're effectively handing over a big chunk of what card is. I will say this though, there are plans eventually to probably do some kind of API. So you can actually interact with card for other things like programmatically. Um, That's still sort Mm -hmm. of kind of in the planning phase of trying to figure out how we want to do that. But I'd be, I think that would be something that we end up opening up so people can use card in these kind of interesting ways. That makes sense. Uh, Before I read the last question, we've got another love email, so to speak, love message from uh, Mokan. Mokan, I hope I'm pronouncing the name correctly. Just wanted to let AJ know I appreciate how he's always been so helpful when I send support emails. His customer service is excellent. And I have to say, AJ, I've done a couple of AMAs before. You're by far the one with the most love messages sent uh, during the, the, the stream. So well, congrats that, for that. that well, uh, I'm, I guess it's just indicative that maybe I'm doing something somewhat right. So that's a good thing. <laughs> maybe. Just maybe. You never know. But I'm voting with yes as well. Congrats for that. Uh, last question is from Sam. And it's an optional question, so to speak. Sam says, hi, I'm listening to the space with AJ. Uh, I'm not sure if this is the way to submit the question. Oh, ignore this. <laughs> I know AJ. I know that AJ has been quite conscious about maintaining personal privacy, etc. from the beginning of the project. Could you expand a bit about the challenges that has presented with this kind of social media pressure that exists on the internet today? Uh, I've read it word by word, but I guess what this person is asking is, uh, could you talk a bit more about the challenges of maintaining privacy? Uh, and they add, again, totally discretionary question. Oh, <clears throat> well, I mean, quite honestly, it's not really, I'm not really trying to be like 100% anonymous or anything. Really, the reason why I don't tweet about my day-to-day, like, just existence or anything like that is, first, I don't have time. Like, I'm working on this all the time. And second, I don't think it's really, like, like who gives a shit? <laughs> like, 
like, who, like who, who really cares about like <clears throat> what I had for lunch today or like where I've been today? Like I'm, I'm supremely boring. Like I, I think that would be like really boring to people to read. And at the same time, it's like the focus for this is the work I'm doing. That's really why I want to keep it. Like I don't really, you know, I, I guess maybe I just don't have that, that, that organ in my body that makes me need to, to, to have yeah. that kind of validation. I just don't care. Like whatever. I'm, I'm much more interested when I tweet out some, a feature that I added to card or something. And then I get feedback on it. I'm like, Oh sweet. This is what I wanted. This is the kind, this is the kind of engagement I'm looking for. Um, so it's not, I'm not, I add stress. I'm not going out of my way to be this like anonymous individual on the internet because like you can't like that's just not a thing, but I don't think you have to necessarily participate you know, share every aspect of your being, especially when people like, I'm mindful of the fact that most people follow me on Twitter because of the template work I did, the theme work I did card and all these other projects. I'm not going to force them to deal with me ranting about things I know nothing about. Right. Like, but I will rant about things I do know about like, you know, code stuff or whatever. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just—it's not—it's not as big of a thing as I think some people think it is. It's just you don't have to engage in this if you don't want to, and that's what I choose to do. I choose to just stick to tweeting about my shitty code, and that's about it. Well, that makes a ton of sense, AJ. I want to thank you for doing this. Sure. Uh, besides the, the love messages I've I've uh, read, which were, uh, you know, the people were meaning. To, to have them read. I've also gotten some other DMs from people, you know, commenting off the hook, oh, I like what this guy is saying and stuff like that. So um, even though I'm quite insisting on this, I think you deserve it. So it's a compliment from my side as well. Congrats for what you've been doing and thanks very, very much for taking the time today to uh, answer questions and be as helpful as you can. I think you've done a great job. Uh, is there anything sure. else you'd like to add? Any question where that you haven't been asked where you think you have a great answer? Or um, I guess people can follow you on, on Twitter if they want to keep in touch. But anything, any stone that we left unturned? Uh, no, I feel like uh, I think people ask pretty much like a, every question that I would have expected. And then some. So I feel, I feel like I've, I've probably unloaded as much information as people would care to hear about card at this point or myself. So, um, but if, if uh, I think we have the actual Reddit side AMA thing set up now, if I, yep. if that, yeah. So, you know, if I did, if I didn't answer something, if I wasn't clear, if I just, you know, I tend to ramble and rant, like if, uh, if you need a little bit more clarity, just feel free to post to the uh, Reddit AMA and I will get to it today. And, uh, yeah. And if you, you know, if you have any, well, my, my DMs are always open. If anyone has any questions about stuff that, you know, they want clarified or they just were curious about, feel free to just shoot me a DM and I'll happily respond. That's very nice of you. I was about to, to mention the Reddit AMA, so I'm out of a job now. I have to freestyle now. I don't know what to say, but no, I'm joking. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually been super nice talking to you. And of course, just like AJ said, feel free to visit us on Reddit SAS. I won't repeat what he said. Uh, so AMA, text AMA this time, going over there for the next day or so. AJ, thanks so much for doing this. This this has been recorded. So uh, if anybody wants to re-go over some, some replies or some questions, maybe, the podcast is called The Usual Suspects. That's S-A-A-S, 
facts. Um, I guess you can find it on our subreddit. <laughs> and um, yeah. Oh, the, the, regu- the, regu- very- the usual SAS facts. Oh, I get it. That's very, very clear. Yeah, that's, that's the point. I just now got that's that. Sorry, I'm a little bit slow on the update. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> no worries at all. No worries at all. Feel free to check us out. We've got some other great episodes there. Yeah. Uh, thank you very, very much, everybody, for tuning in today. Thanks, AJ, for being so kind. I'll hear from you next time. Awesome. Hey, thanks uh, Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks, everyone, for the questions. We'll uh, take it up on the, uh, the Reddit AMA.